Would you turn please to 2 Peter the third chapter, 2 Peter 3, we've been on a series for a few weeks now called Questions About Healing, and we're dealing with a specific uh, mentality, and it's described here in 2 Peter what's going on, 2 Peter and the um, third chapter and the 16th verse. The Amplified, 2 Peter 3.16 says, Speaking of this, as he, Paul, does in all his letters, there are some things in those epistles of Paul that are difficult to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist and misconstrue to their own destruction, just as they distort and misinterpret the rest of the scriptures. The New Living The New Living says it like this, those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture, and this will result in their destruction. The New Century says uh, people who are ignorant and weak in faith explain these things falsely. So he's describing people who take Scriptures and distort them, twist them, misinterpret them, make them say things that the Lord was not saying and make them say things that they don't mean. And people do this because of their ignorance of God and His Word and they do it because of their instability. And uh, he goes on describing in the uh, in the 17th verse, uh, the, the New Century says, Dear friends, since you already know about this, be careful, do not let these evil people lead you away by the wrong they do, that you won't fall from your strong faith. But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So listening to people twist scriptures, uh, you can be influenced by their instability. And though you were at one, maybe some people at one point were stable and, and fully persuaded about something, they get to listening to these people. And sometimes they're supposed to be experts. You know, uh, there are a lot of educated, ignorant people. Did you know that? And unstable, so-called educated people. Education is not a good thing in and of itself. Educated in what? Education in a good thing is a good thing. Being highly educated in a bad thing is a very bad thing. Right? What do you mean educated? Another way is to say indoctrinated. You're taught in this. Well, it's good that you're taught if you were taught a good thing. A whole lot of stuff that is taught in schools and higher institutes of learning ought not be taught anywhere. Hmm? It's wrong. It's twisted. It's false, and it robs people. You know, there are untold numbers of youth that grew up with faith in God, faith in Jesus, and went to a so-called reputable university and lost their faith. Listening to confused professors hmm? whose lives... We're a perverted mess. Hmm? Use their 
mental abilities and their language skills to convince these young impressionable minds that God is a myth and none of that stuff is real and morality is whatever you make of it and, and on and on and on. That's not a good education. Nothing good about that, nothing redeeming about that. Now that doesn't mean that you just hide your kids under the bed their whole life. They're going to have to deal with that somewhere, some measure sooner or later. You need to uh, let them, you know, the, the church and the parents, and that's part of what all this is about, that they have such a foundation in them that no matter what anybody says, they look them straight in the eye and go, no, that's a lie. Because it is written. <laughs> that can't be so. Because it is written and then that is written and then it's also written because that just that can't be so. <laughs> well, you're just narrow-minded and saved. <laughs> this broad-minded, just all-inclusive, there's a broad way that leads to destruction. And many that go that way. So we've been dealing with this about people twisting scriptures concerning healing. There's a lot of people that don't believe that it's God's will for everybody to be healed. There's a lot of folks that believe that God could heal if he chose to, but it's totally up to him. And, you know, the vast majority of times he's not going to choose to. And and you just never know why. And, And people feel like they have scriptures for these beliefs. But I'm submitting to you that those scriptures have been twisted and distorted by people who don't understand and are unstable themselves. They didn't have faith themselves. I know I was talking to a a friend of mine. I had gone to a a Bible school. He'd gone to a a, a seminary and he was getting his uh, higher degree in theological studies, and I, I didn't have that, and so I was talking to him about some thing. I want to know what he's learning, what he's finding out, and uh, asked him about something I was studying in the book of Romans, chapter 8, and so I asked him about, had they been teaching on that? He said, yeah, and I said, well, what, uh, what, what do you believe about that? What do you understand? He said, well, Dr. So-and-so is shared on such and such in his hypothesis and his this and his that and his, you know and, and it was just jumbled up and wandered all over the place and I said okay uh, well what do you believe he said well you know other doctor so and so and he went on and explained his position which basically opposite of first doctor so and so's I said okay what do you believe he said well third doctor so and so he gave me about four doctors you know position on it and uh, I said, well, okay, what do you believe? And he said, well, I see some merit in first Dr. So-and-so's position. And he elaborated. He said, but I also see some merit in second Dr. And he went on. And I, while he's talking, I thought, you don't know what you believe. And if you have to stand on this anytime soon, you're in trouble. And this is why people do not have faith to be healed. Did you hear me? Our faith to get their bills paid. Our faith, why? Because they're so broad-minded and consider themselves so intellectually superior that they can talk and think, but they don't believe anything. No conviction. You got to be persuaded. You got to be fully persuaded. 
And if this is right, all this stuff is not. So no, don't buy into this and don't let the enemy through ignorant and unstable folks undermine your faith and get you to question things that you should be absolutely convinced. The Bible said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, we've already covered a lot of ground. And so if you haven't been with us, let me encourage you. Uh, download it off the Internet. Go back in the Word Supply and get uh, the CDs, DVDs. We've already talked about does the question, does God make people sick? And we looked at scriptures that people claim that says that and proves that. And we, we talked about that at length. We also talked about uh, what about Job? What happened to Job? Went into detail about that. What about the chastening of the Lord? We also talked about being sick for the glory of God. What about that? Scriptures that seem to say that. What about suffering for the Lord with being sick? You know, all you'd have to do is think a little bit. There are millions of people sick and suffering on this planet. Are all of them Glorifying God? Huh? <laughs> A lot of them are not even Christian. This doesn't make sense. Uh, and we talked about, you know, perfection through suffering. Being perfected spiritually through suffering physically. But you know, if that was so, the most perfect is Jesus. Why no mention of him ever being sick? Hmm? We talked about Paul's thorn in the flesh. Talked about Paul's infirmity in the flesh. Not the same thing. We talked about why are good people, and that's in quotation marks good, why are good people sick? Why do bad things happen to good people? And we, we spent more than one session on that. And the basic answer is uh, the same reasons that anybody else are sick. Anybody you think's not quite so good? Same reasons. Well, why did this happen to them? That is the wrong question. It shows a serious lack of understanding. That's the wrong question. The question is, why hadn't the same thing already happened to you? <laughs> now, if that sounds strange to you, it's because you hadn't been with us. And I'm quoting, I'm paraphrasing something Jesus said. Am I saints? I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said in answer to that question. So if you weren't with us, uh, don't, don't remain uninformed and untaught on this. Get these materials. Take the time. It's a good investment. It's not a waste of your time. Besides that, what's going on is the law of displacement. What do you mean? The truth is just being pounded into you. The words being pounded. What's it doing? It is displacing all the fear and the doubt and the questions so that you can just stand your ground and say, I know that I know. And I believe. And that's the kind of people can get miracles. Get their prayers answered. So we talked about, we asked the question, answered it, why are, quotation, good people sick? And we talked about Elisha. We talked about Epaphroditus and how God had mercy on him. And there's others, but we won't take the time. Let's go on tonight to another area. What about doctors and medicine? How does that work with faith people? 
and people that believe in healing and prayer. Go with me to Exodus, please, the, uh, the 15th chapter, Exodus 15. Are you believing with me this evening? Please do. Exodus, the 15th chapter. What about doctors and medicine? I had the privilege of working at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years in their healing school. And uh, we saw people on a, uh, every week come in. And I, I heard this question over and over. I mean, year after year. Should I have the surgery? Should I take the medicine? Should I do the procedure? Uh, you know, what about what the doctor said? And there are a number of people that feel like that, you know, it's either or. You either trust God or you go to the doctor. And, uh, you know, your theory and your opinion is not enough. Nor is mine. What does the word say? What does the word say? You hear sometimes people get indignant and go, well, I got a right to my beliefs just like you do. No, you don't. Not if Jesus is your Lord. You believe what he tells you to believe. You don't just make stuff up. <laughs> right? Your belief should be based on what he said. Not just theorizing and opinions. So look, we, we, there's a number of scriptures we can look at. In Exodus, the 15th chapter, notice this great, great verse. Exodus 15, 26. Exodus 15, 26, he said, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of these diseases upon you which I brought upon the Egyptians. And we talked at length about those statements. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Oh my. This is one of those great I am statements. One of these uh, compound redemptive names, Jehovah, then with another word that describes something that he is, God has revealed himself to mankind through this I am name and the compounds of the I am name. When Moses said, who will I say has sent us to tell Pharaoh, let my people go? He said, you tell them, I am has sent you. You might say, he am he am what? He am too much to say in one phrase. <laughs> He's not the great I was. He's not the great I will be. He is the great self-existent one. He owes his existence to no other entity or power. He is the creator. Come on. And he is the God Who's always there. He is the God who's your good shepherd. He is the God your righteousness. He is God your victory. Isn't he? He's God your peace. And he is the Lord. That healeth. You. Not was. Is. 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 I am. The Lord that heals you. Now why? Am I emphasizing this? Because there is only one true healer. 
We need to know this. We need to have it settled. Then the confusion will go away. You've heard me talk about concerning your finances. There's only one source. You clear on that? Many channels. Sometimes you hear people say, well, I received that through a completely unexpected source. No, you didn't. Channel. There's only one source. Hmm? He uses a myriad of channels, but there's only one source. Tell me who is your source? Who is your provider? It's not supposed to be your job. It's not supposed to be your investments or your family or the government company you work for. Tell me who is your source? There's only one. He does use a number of channels and ways of getting things to you. But it all comes from him. The capital T. The source. Capital S. Somebody say the source. Not one of many. Not one of two or three. The. The many channels. One source. There's only one creator. There's only one source and giver of life and breath. The one who keeps gravity going. Who keeps the sun burning. Hmm? There's only one. And there's only one healer. Hmm? There's only one. Doctors are not healers. Preachers are not healers. Are you with me? I know they're called that. Doctors are called, and the word is used loosely. But no man can heal any more than a man can save. God uses men. He uses women. Thank God. How beautiful are the feet of them that come bringing the good news, the gospel, but they didn't save you. Right? How wonderful the man or woman with faith and a good heart that would lay hands on you and believe God. But they didn't heal you. And I respect the men and women who take the years to learn about uh, the human anatomy and the body and the pharmacopoeia of medicines available and to try to help people. But they didn't heal you. I said they didn't heal you. Come on, think about it. The most brilliant, the most amazing surgeon can do tremendous work, but when he gets through and they sew you up and they roll you back in, you need healing. <laughs> right? They, they cut you. They took something out. They didn't heal you. They cut you. Who's going to heal you? They're not going to heal you. Am I right? Who's going to heal you? There is only one healer. Only one. The Lord your God who heals you. The God who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Can you say amen? I'm quoting scriptures. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, Hosea 11.3 Hosea 11.3 says, I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms, but they knew not that I healed them. They didn't know it was God that healed them. 
You read other passages in the prophets where they talked about they, uh, they burned incense to their nets and they sacrificed to the gods of fertility and this and that. And the Lord's talking about how ignorant it was. He said, I'm the one that gave you your wheat and your crops and the rain. And it's sad that there are millions of people on the planet doing the same stupid stuff today. Aren't they? Praying to this one and burning incense to that one. Don't have enough sense to know it's God. It's God. Let's don't be ignorant. Let's don't be foolish. When something good happens in your life, you ought to raise your hand. You ought to acknowledge the God who created you. Shouldn't you? No. He said they didn't know that it was I that healed them. We need to be watchful about who and what we give the credit to. And what we give the glory to. Hmm? You can be thankful for men and women that preached to you and prayed for you and prayed with you and led you. But never give the credit for your deliverance to them. Or your healing to them. Or your freedom to them. You can be thankful for the men and women that treated you. That doctored on you. That helped you. But don't give credit for your healing to them. Y'all with me friends? No. Thank God. For these people that God's using. Spiritually and naturally. But there's only one healer. He should receive the glory. He should receive the praise. The Bible said. In Jeremiah 17. 13 and 14. Just listen. He said, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake you shall be ashamed. They that depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Do you know who your Savior is? Is it a man? The man Jesus but not any other man or woman. Do you know who your healer is? Yes. Only one. Only one. Now go with me to Second Chronicles, the 16th chapter. Let's look at some scriptures. Now, we're kind of on the other side of, uh, of this tonight. We're talking about people that say it's not God's will for all to be healed and are, you know, despise prayer and faith when it comes to being healed. Make little of it. But then we're on the other side. Back at the turn of the century. You know 1900. 1901. 2, 3, 4 and 5. The Lord was restoring healing. To um, some folks in Australia. And then some folks here in the States. Uh, Some things had been lost. And he was restoring some things. People like Alexander Dowie. And John Lake. and Different ones through the years. But a lot of these folk were very anti-doctor. That's not always brought out, but they were. I mean, they, they, some of them would make you pledge to reject the doctors and medicines and have nothing more to do with them if you wanted them to pray for you or to believe with you. I mean, it was very much an either-or deal. And... Uh, uh, that's been an interest of mine the, the healing ministry for many years so I've read some of the writings from way back for year after year and some of them half the sermon was I mean they linked doctors with devils wow. 
<laughs> Some of the ones that you know about and hold in high regard. I mean, they preached very hard against doctors and against medicines. Now, one thing you ought to remember is that in those days, almost all surgeries ended in death. <laughs> It was a different world medically than now. (laughs) And uh, medicine was in its infancy. But you know, if the Lord tarries another 50 or 100 years, what do you think they're going to say about today? (laughs) They're going to say, they didn't actually do that to people. You go, yeah, yeah, they did. (laughs) I'm talking about what's happening now. And yet, again, I thank God for the men and women in medicine doing what they know to do. Great strides have been made. A lot of people are saved. Their lives are improved by the medical field in the community. But some of the reason they felt the way they felt about it were passages like this. 2 Chronicles 16. 2 Chronicles 16 and 12. It says Asa in the 30 and 9th year of his reign was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not to the Lord but to the physicians. And verse 13 Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. And so there have been whole sermons preached on this passage that see there. Don't go to the doctor. (laughs) Go to the doctor and you'll die. (laughs) Uh, A reporter was trying to make a preacher look bad in another country some years ago and and he was guy had advertised a healing meeting. Come, everybody come. No matter what's wrong with you, come, we'll pray. God'll heal you. Don't make any difference what's wrong with you. So this reporter showed up and he threw a microphone in his face and he said, Well uh, what if you pray for them and they don't get healed? He said the hospitals are full of, and the cemeteries are full of people that the doctors treated that didn't get healed. Why aren't you over there throwing a microphone in their face? But what if you pray for them and no, they're no better? He said, well, they're no worse. We're trying. <laughs> doing what they're doing. Trying to help them. <laughs> the people are not rational. They're not reasonable in their, their thinking on some of these things. <laughs> but Listen to what the real issue was. In the NIV, it says it like this, verse 12. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. God's Word translation says, instead of asking the Lord for help, he went to doctors. The New Living Translation says he did not seek the Lord's help, but turned only to the physicians. And he died. The Bible is obviously 
portraying this as something that you're not to do. Now you need to read the whole story to see how they got here. Uh, Asa, when he first became king, was attacked by a huge force, outnumbered them many times over. And they had no hope. But they sought the Lord. And they believed God. And God came in and gave them a miraculous victory over impossible odds in the natural. But then, years later, an army attacked that wasn't any bigger or more fearful than the first one. But he'd been king for a few years and got some money. And instead of praying him, looking to the Lord, he hired a neighboring king and army to come help him. And the Lord warned him, he said, if you do that, you'll be defeated. Now here's the thing. The Lord holds us accountable for the light that we have. Hmm? If you know the Lord can deliver you and do something for you, because he has. And then the next time you need something, you don't even look to him. You don't even ask him. This is a different situation than somebody who doesn't even know the Lord. Or doesn't even know if he can or would do anything for him. This is a situation of a willful rejection of the Lord. And a replacing of God as healer with doctors. And this is a problem today. You hear how excited everybody is? <laughs> there are some that even teach that the day of miracles and supernatural healing has passed and passed long ago. And that now God has given us doctors and medicine to heal us. Instead of what? Instead of healing by divine power? That God has given. And I even heard a fellow, you know, trying to preach one time from 1 Corinthians about the gifts of the Spirit. And he said, you know, different kinds of tongues. He said that's the linguist's ability. People that go to school and learn different languages and, and, and gifts of healings, that's doctors. No, it's not. These are supernatural gifts. None of these are natural. They're supernatural. No. God has not given us a less effective means than people under the old covenant. We got a new covenant. We got a better covenant. God has not told us, I am no longer Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. You got to go to the doctor, boy. He's the healer now. No. 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 Man has never been the healer. Cannot heal. Hmm? Thank God for good doctors and nurses and people. But when they treat you, then they expect somebody else to heal you. They do the procedure. They do the the treatment or whatever, and then they send you to your room, they're expecting somebody else to heal it up. Aren't they? Why are they expecting somebody else to heal you up? Because they can't. Never could. Never will. Somebody said, well, I don't know. That's just, that's, that's just natural healing. There's no such thing as an intelligent person 
who doesn't believe in healing. Let me explain. No such thing. Anybody, an intelligent thinking person that doesn't believe in healing. If somebody says, well, I don't believe in all that healing stuff. You say, well, hey, did you ever skin your elbow? Or your knee? Hmm? You ever cut your finger? And they may say, oh, yeah, man. When I was X amount of years old, I was riding my bike down the great big hill. And, oh, man, I was speeding and I hit a hole and boom. And, oh, man, I, I, I skint this and I skint. Well, let me see it. Oh, no. No, that was years ago. It's healed. It's what? <laughs> it's, it, it healed up. Don't you don't believe in healing? Oh, that's different. It's not different. It's not different. The creator put that in the human body to maintain it. We're Because we, it's been with us ever since we've been born, we take it for granted, but it's really an amazing thing. Isn't it? It's an amazing thing. Something uh, happens to your body, damages your body. It's amazing what happens in your body. I mean, these little uh, blood cells start sacrificing their self and, and making a clot so you don't bleed out. And then these other little blood cells come in and start fighting the infection and saying, no, you can't, not in here, not in here. <laughs> and your body starts creating new cells and it starts knitting and starts repairing itself. Isn't nature amazing? No! God is amazing! God! There is no such thing as Mother Nature. Doesn't exist. There's the God who created nature. Now the same God who put healing in the body to maintain it From where that healing came from, there's more. (laughs) You know, if your body's healthy, then it'll start working to repair itself. That's healing. God put that in there. But he can crank it up. He can increase healing power by twofold. Or fivefold. Or tenfold. Or fiftyfold. Or a thousandfold. And that's when you get some of these instant things. There was so much healing power working there. Boom, it was done in three seconds. What would have taken three weeks? All came from the same source. From the same healer. They're just different degrees. Different measures. But it all came from the healer. Healing power. You got some running around in you right now. (laughs) Healing power. You see why I say there's no such thing as an intelligent person? Doesn't believe in healing. But healing by divine power. What had happened with Asa is he knew God was real. He knew God worked miracles. He knew. But he was rebelling against God. He did the same thing with his body that he did with the defense of the nation. You understand? When he needed help, He didn't go to God. He went to man. For the nation. For the defense. Does that sound familiar? And when he needed help in his body. He did the same thing. He went to man. Totally relied on man. Went to his doctors. You heal me. And he died. Because he knew better. Doesn't mean the doctors couldn't have possibly been involved. 
But you don't replace God with doctors. Especially when he's healed you before. And you know. Are y'all with me friends? It's not an either or. You always go to God. First. With your money. With your body. With your marriage. With your family. With your kids. Your business. You always go to God first. You go to Him. You look to Him. Now, a lot of times, He'll use some people and some things in helping you. Not always. But you look to Him. And you put Him first. You don't say, "Uh, I'm not going to pray. I don't have to fool all that faith stuff and believe God. I'm just going to go get them to fix me. You're going to get in trouble. Because you're replacing God with man. That is, can you see that that's a mistake? Jeremiah 17, 5, then said the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart does what? Departs from the Lord. Can you see that? His heart is departing from the Lord. He's purposely choosing to ignore God, leave God out of this, and just look entirely to man. And there are people doing that by the millions that don't know the Lord. And he's not holding them accountable because they really don't know. They hadn't seen anything else. But people like me and you who've seen and known. Who've been, how many in here has been healed by the power of God? I want you to put your hand up. Well, then you best not just forget God and go put yourself in a man's hands and say, you do it. Now, he may use somebody, but you go first to him and ask him what to do. And look to him, even if some other man or woman is involved, you still know he's your healer. When it's all said and done. He's your healer. He's your only healer. Now, uh, let me read some scriptures to you about doctors, about physicians in the scriptures. One of the earliest things we see is in Genesis that the physicians were also embalmers. They embalmed Joseph's uh, father. We see in Jeremiah 8 that they asked, uh, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? One of the most outstanding things is in the New Testament found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Matthew 9 and 12, Jesus said, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Listen to... uh, uh, Luke's account, Luke 5, Jesus said, they that are whole need not a physician, they that are sick. It's the sick that need, is he saying that the sick need a doctor? Hmm? (laughs) Put the scripture up on the screen, Matthew 9 and 12. Matthew 9 and 12, can y'all find that? They that be whole need not a physician. But they that are sick, the sick need what? Did Jesus say the sick need a doctor? Yeah. Now, we know we have the great physician. But also, he's referring to doctors. Now, uh, Colossians 4 and 14 refers to Luke. And he is referred to after his conversion 
after his being involved with Paul in the ministry for years now, he's referred to as Luke, the beloved physician. Now, if physician was a bad thing, Luke would have taken that title off. Hmm? He's been involved with Paul in the ministry for years. He's seen all kind of miracles and healings. And yet he still goes by Luke the doctor. True or not? Do you understand if this was, if doctors were contrary to God, contrary to faith, contrary to God's being the healer, Jesus wouldn't have used such a phrase. The sick need a doctor. He'd have said it some other way. He wouldn't have included this. And Luke would have wanted to be as far away from identifying with that as possible. And if somebody had brought him up being a doctor, he said, well, that's before I got saved. <laughs> and he wouldn't have gone by this anymore. But no, Jesus refers to doctors. And Luke is still, after being filled with the Spirit and born again and in the ministry for years, he still goes by Luke, the beloved physician. Doesn't he? No, friend. God is not anti-doctor. Faith is not anti-doctor. And it is not an either-or proposition. You either believe God or you go to the doctor. I submit to you, if you go to the doctor, you better believe God. Before you let them roll you into the cold operating room. You best talk to the great physician. And you best get in some faith. About it's not either or. You ought not do anything. Except by faith. If you go to the doctor. You ought to go to the doctor in faith. If you have a procedure. You ought to have it in faith. If you take a medicine. You ought to take it in faith. If you can't do it in faith, you ought not do it. Y'all with me, friends? Because if you did it not in faith, it would be sin. Am I quoting Romans 14, 23? Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. I didn't write these scriptures. Nor did you. And this is not bondage. This is freedom. We get some things clear. We get some things established. Proverbs 3. Do you remember? What is it? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Anybody remember? What does it say? Trust in in who? Not just in man. Trust in the Lord. With all your, not part of your heart. Not part of your heart in God. And part of your heart in men. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. That includes other people's understanding. Verse 6. This is the key to not doing what Asa did. In all your ways. Do what? Acknowledge him. Go to him first. Ask him. Acknowledge him. Don't take your life. And put it in any man's hands. No attorney. No doctor, no preacher, no politician. Are you listening? 
Don't you put your life in anybody's hands and say, fix me. Nobody. You trust in the Lord. With all, you got all your heart in Him. You're counting on Him to bring you out whether they know or they don't know. Whether they do it all right or that they made a mistake. You're trusting in God to make up the difference. Your face not just in them, your face in Him. And if you'll acknowledge Him in all your ways, what did it say? He'll direct your path. He'll guide you to the right place at the right time and the right one and the right situation. Do you believe this? But you, you didn't look at them first, you looked at Him. And then He's the one directed you sometimes to them. But you still got, even when He directed you to them, you don't get your eyes off of Him and put them on them. You just keep your eyes on Him. Can you see this? Don't Replace the healer with a man. That includes preachers. Luke, the beloved physician, didn't say he used to be a physician. Did you notice that? He still goes by the the designation. Luke, I mean, if he didn't, you know, he would have emphasized his call. Luke, the apostle. Luke the evangelist. Luke the pastor. How many other things could he have been called? And he's still called the doctor. After all the spiritual revelation that he's had. He's still Luke the doctor. Beloved. Beloved. And there are some beloved physicians today. Aren't there? There are some fine men and women in the medical profession. Not just good minds and good hands, but good hearts. Thank God for it. Bothers me that people assume because we're faith people that we're even a little bit anti-doctor, and it irks me when I hear preachers say things that are disrespectful about the medical profession. It's also hypocritical because they'll be over there at their office next week. Isn't it? Sitting up saying smarty things and disparaging things, and then they run over there and want you to help me. (laughs) Let's don't have any part of that. There's some people you need to know in life other than preachers, plumbers. Thank you, Jesus. Electricians. Mechanics. The list goes on. These are noble professions. Now, there's some people in them that are not right and shysters and wrong. and But that's in every profession. Preachers included. But there are some men and women of God that are mechanics. And electricians and plumbers. They use their faith just like the preacher uses his faith to preach. They use their faith to find that leak. And come on now, this is an answer to somebody's prayer when they fix that leak without tearing out half your house and spending half the money that you had saved up for your kids' tuition. This is the Lord blessing you. 
and protecting you. Because when the leak sprung, you didn't just go to the yellow pages. You went to the Lord. You said, Lord, I need some help here. And there's somebody who can use to help me. And you didn't just believe God for something amazing to happen and you become a plumber. (laughs) In the blink of an eye. There's somebody that's already got years of experience and grace. Hmm? You didn't pray that. You said, Lord, show me who. Lead me to the right person for this situation. Didn't you? You should. Don't just start doing things in the natural. Just don't, don't just start looking to man. Look to God. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You ought to do the same thing with a broke transmission. Hmm? And thank God for doctors. It can be the same thing in some of these areas. You might say, well, God can heal my body without a doctor. He can fix your house without a plumber, too. (laughs) Can he or not? (laughs) God could heal my body without a doctor. He could fix your engine without a mechanic. I don't care if the piston is hanging outside the engine block. Can God or can he not fix that motor? Could he put that piston back inside the engine, heal up the engine block and fill it full of oil and make it run perfect? Without anybody ever turning a wrench on it. Well, why don't you believe for that? (laughs) Why are you bringing that up, Brother Keith? Because people are inconsistent in what they say they believe and how they live and how they operate. And I know your body is more important than your car, at least to some folks. But the principle is the same. What's the solution, Brother Keith? Well, the principle is in the word, plain and clear. It always has been. You and I don't receive according to what God can do. We don't even receive according to his will. Do you know what we receive according to? Our faith. That is the determining factor of how and at what level we receive. Not his will. Not his power. Hmm? It was a winter day there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And after school I went out. as I was a teacher there at the Bible school. Went out to start my car. And it wouldn't start. And I knew what it was. That battery I had already got. A couple of years more service out of it than you normally get. And I knew when I turned the key, it's first real cold day. I knew exactly what it was. So I just got out. Hood was raised. I walked back inside and called the security guy. I knew he had some uh, jump start cables. And could he, when he got time, come by and help me get going? So I'm standing out there and the wind's blowing. It's cold. And student came by, Bible school student. He said, what's wrong? I said, well, it didn't start. I 
think it's the battery. And so he just started standing there with me. And he looked at me. He said, ain't you a faith man? (laughs) I said, I'd like to be. He said, we just stood there while the wind's howling, it's cold. I'm wishing the guy would get there with the jumper cables. <laughs> he said, if you're a faith man, why don't you just speak to it? Because, you know, we teach it on Mark 11:23, speak to the mountain, speak to I didn't say anything. And he said, well, you believe in it, don't you? Now, let me just stop right here. This is very disrespectful. I'm his teacher. Hmm? Very disrespectful. But, you know, I didn't know how much he meant to be disrespectful. Sometimes it's just ignorance. And uh, I didn't go into all of it with him, but I said, well, I, I don't have that in my heart. He said, oh, like, sure you don't. You just don't have enough faith. But that is the right answer. I didn't have it in my heart. Faith is not do one, two, three and get four. Faith is not mechanical. Faith is not hocus pocus abracadabra. And if you do it right and say it with the right tone, kapoof. Faith is of the heart. And it's either there or it's not. Faith is not pretending. Are y'all with me, friends? Now I'll tell you this. If I was up in northern Alaska and it was wintertime and it wouldn't start and there was nobody to help me and my family is there subject to freezing to death in the car, I would believe God. There's something would come up in my heart. Come on now, are y'all with me? And I would believe God. Yes, I believe he could zap that battery and help us get on there or whatever it took to get us going. I do believe all things are possible. And I do believe he could stir me and help me and would come on me. And I would have it in my heart. But at this point, I was believing for money to buy a new battery. That's where my faith was at. Are y'all with me? And Joe's just right around the corner already headed this way with the jumpstart cables. Why do I need to try to work up something that's not in my heart? I am using my faith for money, for a battery. (laughs) This is not either or. I am believing God. Do I have it in my heart to speak to this battery? I've already, it's a blessed battery. I already got two years more out of it than you should have got. (laughs) Are y'all with me, friends? You see what I'm talking about? People do some foolish, ignorant things and call it faith. And why would I have tried to do that? It, would it have been out of a effort to impress him? Why? No. Faith is not pretend. It's either there or it's not. If it's not there, thank God that's not the end. You can get some faith. You can get in the Word. Start hearing the right thing. But it hurts our faith 
when we pray things that we didn't have faith to pray and we say things that we didn't have faith to say and it doesn't happen, that hurts your faith. And it's not God's fault. A lot of this stuff you shouldn't have said it to start with. You weren't believing it. You were trying it. Trying is not faith. Hmm? Let's talk some more about medicine. Proverbs 17.22 says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. Can a medicine do good? Apparently, or the Lord wouldn't have used this comparative. If he was anti-medicine, he was sure wouldn't have used this. He would have said it another way. But a broken spirit dries the bones. Jeremiah 30 talks about you have no healing medicines. Jeremiah 51.8 says, take balm for her pain, if so she may be healed. Using, I know it's talking spiritually some of it, but it also is referring to a physical reality. And if God was anti-physical medicine, he wouldn't be using these kind of things. Because people could get the idea that this is okay, this is a good thing. He's using it as describing a good thing. And then even in uh, Ezekiel 47 and 12, listen to this. This will remind you of something in the book of Revelation in our future. It says, Ezekiel 47, 12, By the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that, shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaf shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It will bring forth new fruit according to as much, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit shall be there for meat or for food, and the leaf thereof for medicine. This is in the future. There will be medicines still. Medicines derived from leaves of trees. This is natural and yet spiritual. Really, the line between spiritual and natural is not as solid as people think. Everything in the natural realm came out of the spiritual. Leaves for medicine. Listen to uh, 2 Kings, the second chapter. The people came from the city and they told Elisha, the man of God, they said the situation of the city is pleasant, but the, uh, the water is bad. And because the water is bad, the ground is barren. And he said, bring me a new cruise or jar and put salt in it. Fill it up with salt. And they brought it to him. And he went to the spring of waters and he threw in the salt. And then he said, thus says the Lord, I've healed these waters. There shall not be thence any more death or barren. And so the waters were healed. To this day. According to the saying of Elisha. Which he spoke. Here we see a natural element. Salt. With the spoken word of the Lord. Change. A whole natural situation. Why do you use that salt? I mean, if you use one element, you might use another. Are you with me, friends, or not? Who made salt? (laughs) You know, Jesus ministered healing to a man and included in it spit and mud, dirt, didn't he? Now, people used to preach against using means. 
And that meant you couldn't use any medicines or anything like that. That's using means. You either believe God or you go that route. But there's been more than one instance where that the Lord used something natural coupled with something spiritual. Didn't he? He took that dirt. He took that spit. He put it in that guy's eyes. He said, go over there and wash it out. And it wasn't until he did that then healing came. Now we know it was more than dirt and spit. And yet, why do you? Well, this is just Keith thinking now. But you know, eyeballs are made out of dirt. Your whole body is. And if there was something missing in his eyes that he wasn't born with, God formed man out of the, the dirt. God could take a piece of dirt and make a pupil out of it. Couldn't he? Or an iris or any other thing. And you really shouldn't labor too much trying to figure it out. You just ought to do what he says do. (laughs) If he says use some dirt, just use some dirt, okay? (laughs) If he says use some salt, throw her in there. (laughs) There's a lot we don't know. And he does. Listen to 2 Kings 4. 2 Kings 4, Elisha came to Gilgal and there was a Darth in the land and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him and he said to his servant, sit on the great pot, seethe pottage for the sons of the prophets. So they're making them a soup, stew soup. One went out to the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered wild gourds, his lap full. And he came and shred them, cut them up, put them in the pot. They didn't know what they were. <laughs> that's not very smart. <laughs> but that's putting stuff in the soup. You don't even know what it is. But And then they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass as they were eating the pottage, uh, one of them cried out and said, Man of God, there's death in the pot. He tasted this stuff as poison. <laughs> there's a lesson in there somewhere (laughs) basically if you don't know what it is (laughs) don't eat it (laughs) verse 41 he said bring meal meal and he took them they brought him some meal Meal of corn, meal of, of uh, wheat, I don't know, some, some grain that was meal. He said, bring me some meal. Why? Couldn't God do this without meal? Couldn't God have cleansed those waters without salt? Yeah, but that's not what he said. So he took this meal and he threw it in the pot. And he said, now go ahead and pour it out and serve it to everybody. Yeah? Now you see who you got confidence in, won't you? (laughs) Yeah, give me a pot. Give me a bowl of that. And uh, there was no harm in the pot. Something spiritual coupled with something natural. Why did you need to throw some meal in there? God knows. But he did something supernatural with it. It was a catalyst, wasn't it? Can you see this? 
Now notice in in Isaiah. I know I'm taking a little extra time, but can you you spare it or not? Uh, Where's my scripture? Isaiah 38. Isaiah 38. Hezekiah had gotten very sick. And uh, the man of God had ministered to him. He was brought back from death's door. He He would have died. The Lord's always been the healer. But notice what else was involved in this in Isaiah 38, 21. After Hezekiah had been healed, it's describing what happened, how his situation was turned around. And in Isaiah 38, 21, Isaiah had told them, let them take a lump of figs and lay it for a plaster on the boil and he shall recover. Isaiah was not a doctor that we know of, but the Spirit of God told him to tell them to do this. Part of Hezekiah's problem was that he had a boil. And the man of God told him by the Spirit of God to put a plaster on it. Isn't this medicine? A a plaster? A poultice? And they did it. And whether you think it's real or not, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. The man's healed. Hmm? Why a plaster? Couldn't God have healed him without a plaster? Certainly. Can't God heal me without a medicine or without a surgery? He sure could, and he could put you on the moon in the blink of an eye, too. (laughs) This is not about what God can do. You and I don't receive according to what God can do. Tell me how we receive. We receive according to our faith. And our faith, all of our faith is at different places in this. Isn't it? We see salt. We see meal. We see plasters. We see figs. 1 Timothy 5 in the New Testament. 1 Timothy 5.23. Spirit of God through Paul tells Timothy. Drink no longer water. But use a little wine. For your stomach's sake. And you're often infirmities or weaknesses. Timothy was having stomach problems. Could God have healed him without wine? Then why the Spirit of God say, don't just drink water, drink a little wine? I know millions of Christians don't like this verse, but it's right here. (laughs) And if you don't like it, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with this verse. It means something wrong with you. And you're thinking. And a lot of people care more about tradition than they do the Word. Now I will say this. The Spirit of God through Paul exhorting Timothy to use a little wine for medicinal purposes. 
is no justification for drinking large quantities of alcohol to destroy brain cells and livers. Right? (laughs) But it does prove that God will instruct us at times to use natural things in combination with our faith. This is scriptural precedent. We've shown you several instances. So what do I do, Brother Keith? Do I go to the doctor or not go to the doctor? Do I have the surgery? Or do I not have the surgery? Do I take the medicine? Or not take the medicine? What's the answer? <laughs> Some of y'all been to this church before, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> What's the answer? Is it the same for everybody? In every, it's not the same for everybody in every situation. Because we're all at different places. In our faith. Let me give you briefly... Uh, a few reasons what is it like four maybe No, four how about five (laughs) why people don't go to the doctor I'm talking about believers I'm talking about faith people don't go to the doctor one reason people don't go to the doctor and this is a big one and don't have surgery don't take medicines is because of fear which has got nothing to do with faith. People don't go to the doctor because they're afraid. They're afraid of having a surgery. They're afraid of dying. And so they don't want to admit that they're afraid, so they pretend it's because of their faith. This is bad. Hmm? Be honest. If you're scared, don't say it's because you're going to have faith. If you're scared, admit it. Deal with it, overcome it, but don't try to act like it's because of my faith that I'm not doing it. Somebody say fear. fear. A second big reason why, talking about people like us, people that believe in healing, people believe in faith, don't go to the doctor is because of money. There's a lot of people, they, they don't go to the doctor because of money, because of fear of the doctor bills. And instead of just saying it's about the money, they pretend, act like, well, it's because of my faith. I'm just going to believe God. And, and the whole time there's this nagging, gnawing thing. You better go. You better get that taken care of. But no, I'm just going to believe God. And there's no faith in it. See, here's how you can tell that faith is not in it. It is that, uh, that gnawing dread is always there. The fear. The dread is there. You're not in peace. You don't have confidence. It's bothering you all the time. You know, there are times I've seen it. The Lord will direct you supernaturally to go to the doctor. Do you know that? And it's not because he can't heal you without one. It's because that's where you're at. It's where your faith is at. I've seen it both ways. Phyllis and I were in a meeting another state years ago, and the Lord supernaturally, through a word of knowledge, told this lady, who was a minister, she needed to go to the doctor right now. 
uh, first thing tomorrow, don't mess around. Well, she was a faith person, and she was saying she was standing and believing, and the Spirit of God said, go to the doctor now. And she did, and he told her if she'd have waited one day, she probably wouldn't have made it. And it wasn't faith. She's calling it faith, but it's not faith. It was fear. People don't go because of fear. People don't do things because of money. People also don't, don't do things, go, go to the doctor, use medicine, surgeries, because of pride. Did you hear that one? And the pride is, I am, I don't need to do things other people do. I, I really do have faith. I'm beyond other folks. They may need to go get help, but I don't need to. These are some famous last words <laughs> of some people. <laughs> my faith is, is beyond theirs but again if it's just pride there's going to be that gnawing nagging fear on them you better go you better do something you better do something and they're ignoring it and pretending a fourth reason why people don't go to the doctor and they don't have surgeries and treatments medicines is confusion Confusion. Fellow minister, friend of mine, some years ago, had a problem, and the doctors had wanted to do a little outpatient surgery, and they said, "Man, you'll, you know, it, it was not a big deal." But he he didn't do it, and it got worse, and it got worse, and he didn't do it. He's a good brother. He's a good man. And I saw him every day, and so I sat down and talked to him one day. I said, "What what about this deal?" He said, "He said, Keith, I." I just don't want to displease the Lord. You know, and I don't want to use means. And I knew that, which is why I was talking to him. The Lord had given me something. And I said, means, what do you mean? Well, instruments, surgery. I just don't want to use means. I just want to trust God. And he was sincere. He he really did. Just He didn't want to displease the Lord. He wanted to trust him. I said, okay. I said, "Uh, have you ever used means? No, I don't use means. I said, are you sure? He said, well, what do you mean? I said, you ever got a splinter in your hand? He said, oh, yeah. I said, did you ever get out the tweezers? Get out a, a needle? Get some alcohol out? Lay it out on the table there. Aren't those instruments? Did you ever go in with that needle? Get in there and try to get that, get that splinter. Did you get those tweezers? Get in there and try to get that. Isn't that a surgery? Didn't you go in there and remove it? Then put the alcohol in there, whatever it was. Put the band-aid on. Isn't that a procedure? I said, why didn't you just believe for the the splinter to dematerialize? Why'd you go in there and get it? (laughs) See, some of this is confusion. There's a lot of things like we talked about our car, fixing our car. A lot of things you don't even think twice about. You'll take it to the guy. Yeah, order some new parts. Yeah, tear the thing apart. Yeah, put it back together. You're using your faith to believe for pay for it. You're in faith. But you didn't just stand up there and believe for that hole in the block. To be healed. (laughs) Huh? 
I'm not saying that can't happen. But is that in your heart? Where's your confidence at? That's where your faith is at. I've had people that were just scared. They were scared not to have the surgery, but they were scared to have the surgery. And they're just in a bad way. And that's nothing to do with faith. You're not in a good place. You're dreading it. You're scared. And I remember one lady I, I talked to and I said, now wait a minute. I said, God meets us where our faith is at. He says, according to your faith, be it unto you. I said, it's not either or. I said, do you believe, this, is a, this was an aunt of mine. I said, do you believe that you and I could pray? The Bible said if we'd pray and ask the Lord for anything, agree as touching anything, it'd be done for us. Do you believe that we would agree and touch and we'd ask the Lord for his hand to come on this surgeon and make them bright and sharp and guide their eyes and guide their hands and cause them to do the best work they have ever done and keep them back from making any mistakes or any problems. Anything they don't know, he'd show them while they're there. And they'd do perfect work. I mean, some of the best work, they maybe the best work they have ever done. And then we believe God and ask him to speed up the healing process in your body. Remember we were talking about this earlier. That, you know, what would normally take X amount of weeks, no, God would crank it up. He'd turn it up and you'd just heal up supernaturally fast. And in a short amount of time, this would just be a page in your history. And it wouldn't be hindering you. And while I'm talking, I could see a twinkle in her eye. She said, I do believe that. I said, I believe it too. Let's believe God. This is not either or. We're believing God. We're getting in faith. It's just at this level. Can you see this? And sure enough, I talked to her a few days later. She said, she said, Keith, she said, the doctor was just astounded. He said, you are healing up amazingly fast. You shouldn't be this far along. And she said, I didn't even hurt. I just sailed right through it. Well, that might not be the great, the highest, greatest miracle that God could do, but this is God being involved in your life. And one of the bottom lines is staying alive. How about that? Is that worth something? I mean, one of the main objectives is staying alive until our faith can grow some more, until we can get to... Now, the, the fifth and final reason for not having it, there are cases and times where you just know that you know that you don't need it. It's not fear. It's not pride. You just know you don't need it. And God does it. And you don't need it. Did you hear me? But in that case... You know, you have a confidence. You're not pretending. You're not hiding. You're not scared. You just know. And in that case, you really don't need it. Stand up on your feet, everybody. The answer to a thousand and one questions is be led. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge it. Go to him. Say, Lord, what about this? I know you're my healer. What do I need to do? What step do I need to take? There may be times you just have confidence. You don't need to do anything except praise him. And then other times he'll deal with you. Go let them look at that. Other times you'll have confidence. Well, I believe they can do that and then we'll be fine. There's no set answer. Everybody's at different places. Everybody's heart's at different places. Everybody's faith's at different places. But uh, 
God's not against the doctors. He's not against the medicine. They're fighting the same thing you and I are fighting and resisting. The devil's the enemy. Death and disease and debility. That's the problem. That's the enemy. Fight it with everything at your disposal. Fight it with your words. Fight it with the doctor's help. Fight it with the medicine. But don't just do anything because somebody told you to or because a bunch of other people are doing it. You know God. And you go to him. And you lay it before him. That means sometimes you don't do anything right off the bat. Even though people are, even though family, even though professionals and experts are pressuring you, that that doesn't mean you just do it. You don't just do something because somebody's pushing you. You need to hear from him. You need to have confidence about what he's telling you to do. And in that case, don't run to somebody else and say, tell me what to do. Tell me what. No, no. You can hear from God for yourself. Lay before him. Ask him. Wait on him till he shows you. And then when you know and you got confidence, go that way. Acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And it'll be a path of blessing. It'll be a path of victory. You'll have a victory. Before it's over with, you'll have a testimony. God will get some glory out of it. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord. Raise your hands. Begin to praise the Lord. Begin to give him thanks and praise. Say, thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, just thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing me this far. You've helped me overcome things already to get to this place. And the same God that brought me this far will take me the rest of the way. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.